The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network. You can always log on to inthemoneypodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have the Owner's Box, but also shows such as the Players Podcast, JK Plus One, The Matt Vernier Show, Redboard Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to inthemoneypodcast.com. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Today's edition of the Owner's Box is brought to you by our good friends at Gainesway. From top international bloodlines to rising stars on American soil, Gainesway has put together a stallion roster that is not only primed for future success, but is currently making its mark on the track. Led by Caraconti's undefeated rising star, Spenderella. Make sure to check out their entire roster for 2022 and see for yourself the power, passion, and performance of Gainesway. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a very special edition of The Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch. I'm the founder and managing partner of Little Red Feather Racing Club. Alongside of me, as always, is the great, the talented, and the well-traveled Michelle Yu, who sounds a little bit exhausted. Michelle, you okay? I'm doing all right, Billy. I, I got a little, uh, little cold, I think, with all the travels this week, but I'm muscling through, and I am so excited for today's guest, so we're going to rally for this. Well, all right. Well, we're going to get right to it because we have the owner of Kentucky Derby winner, Rich Strike, and his name is Rick Dawson. Rick, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hey, thank you both so much. I uh, uh, really looking forward to it. Are, are you as tired as Michelle? <laughs> <laughs> I think both of us sound like we uh, – we uh, entertain at a concert or something. I've lost my voice several times over the last few days, but uh, I'm trying to rebound. And uh, yes, uh, exhaustion is probably a good term. I can't sleep's a problem. I wake up at five in the morning with so many things bouncing through my head and replay of the race. And uh, it, it's uh, it's been uh, a whirlwind for sure. Here in Oklahoma, it's a tornado. So here we go. I can imagine. Michelle, go ahead. Rick, before we get into uh, your history in horse racing, and of course you want to talk about this weekend, you mentioned that it's keeping you up at night now. All of a sudden, do you feel like, I hope the horse is okay, I want to check on him all all day long? Well, you know, I I have full trust in Eric, but um, we, Eric and I actually, my Eric Reed, my trainer, mm-hmm. we talk and or text oh, uh, 20, 30 times a day, even before the derby leading up to the derby every time and it's not only red strike any other horse that uh that um, eric has that we have about to race we're we're fully in uh, contact on a continual basis and it works out great and i always feel uh very much uh informed and up to speed so um you know i just think that uh that part of it's been pretty special and um I just, I just, um, again, I think I'm just, uh, kind of a little still, in fact, I'm driving down the road right now. If you can only imagine, I'm still trying to get home from, uh, 
I uh, just flew into Oklahoma last night, but I uh, had a bunch of stuff to do today. You know, <laughs> like, like we we forget about regular life, right? You had that kind of weekend, yeah. and you just it, everything else just goes by the wayside. But let's go back in time before we start talking about Rich Strike, the claim, the Derby, everything. Um, tell us a little bit about how you got started in horse ownership. I was uh, here in Oklahoma. Um, Robert Dobson, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with him, but he Very owns Giant Stables. Yeah. He owns, uh, Good man. Yeah, uh, Candy Meadows, great guy. Well, he owns our golf club here that I'm a member of. I live, I live 100 yards from the first tee. Well, uh, Everett is a great guy. He's a western Oklahoma guy, you know, farmer, rancher kind of guy. And uh, so one day on the practice tee, we're hitting golf balls, and I told him, I said, you know, my energy company, I'm kind of winding down from that, and I've always been a, a horse fan. I've been going to the track for 40 years and I love them and uh, I said I'm kind of thinking about horse ownership what do you think <laughs> and of course the first thing Everett said was uh, no you don't want to do that <laughs> <laughs> and I said well what do you mean I don't want to do that uh, come on Rick you don't want to and so I told him I said no no yeah and so he said so we went in and we actually had breakfast and we may have had a couple of breakfasts as I recall, but, um, he finally said, well, why don't you go with me out to Keeneland and we'll go to the two-year-old sale. We'll look around. You can observe, see how it's done, blah, blah, blah. And I said, sounds fantastic. So I met him in Lexington and, and went to, I think it was the basic Tipton sale that particular time of year. And, um, and he had his hot sheet of, you know, Everett's uh, a big player. And so people have already reviewed the horses and graded them. And then he gets kind of the the summary of it. And here's the, here's the hot sheet. Right. And so the hot sheet uh, was maybe 20 or 30 horses. So I just followed him around. And, of course, we got the red carpet treatment. Um, met all the big-time trainers that I've only seen on TV. And uh, <laughs> he entered. He introduced me every time. This Rick Dawson. He's wanting to get in the horse business, of course. Without exception, everyone of them says, come on, Everett. Surely you told him not. he didn't want in the business. And he says, oh, yeah, I told him. <laughs> so so uh, anyway, we um, I was supposed to observe for three days. And by the final day, I owned uh, small shares and five different horses. Of course you did. And uh, so that was in 16, I think. And. And, and it was fun. It was exciting. And that's all it was supposed to be was for fun. And, but I, I learned a lot too. I learned that, you know, owning minority shares, there was little to be gained by that in some respect. I mean, I didn't get to make decisions. I really wasn't learning much about the business and how decisions were made and races were chosen and that kind of thing. And that's really not me. So I, uh, once those, those five horses we either were claimed or we sold or retired. I uh, made a new start with Eric Reed and through a mutual friend introduced us, Pete Fro. He's a Kentucky guy, retired from the state of Kentucky now, but Pete introduced us. I was really considering maybe just passing, moving on to something else. And, and uh, he says, well, you know, I want you to meet Eric. I, th I think you guys would be great together. You're both, close friends of mine i'm a little nervous about that because i don't want this going south and i lose one friend or both and i said no that's you know that's not going to happen and so that eric and uh went out to his farm and he, he's got uh, a 
50 or 60 acres there in Lexington. He's got a training track. He's got the barn right there. And I like the operation where the horses could walk from the barn to the track for exercise every day, their gallops, their workouts, and then right back to their barn, their stall versus putting them in a trailer and taking them to Keeneland or Churchill sure. or whatsoever. And, and so this was, uh, I, it seemed to make sense to me. I liked Eric. He seemed humble. And, um, so we, uh, we took off and, uh, we bought a few horses and then I know I'm rattling on here. Just stop me whenever. No, you it's want. nice. No, 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 we're, we're in, I'm actually enjoying the story that okay, people don't want to so hear me and Michelle talk. Trust me, Rick. Yeah. So we bought some, we bought a few, yeah, we bought a few horses here and there. And I told him, I said, you know, I kind of want to upgrade what we're doing and how we're doing it. And so we narrowed it down to Keeneland and Churchill and start looking for better horses through the claiming ranks and some of those claiming races. And, uh, all right, I'm going to stop you there. We got yeah, we're going to stop you there because I want to go back. Okay. Uh, we have just, if you just joined us or if you fast forwarded, we have Rick Dawson, the owner of rich strike, Kentucky Derby winning owner of rich strike. So take us back to, uh, September, 2021, um, there's a horse entered for $30,000. He ran 10th in his only start in a maiden special weight at Ellis Park. The horse is Rich Strike. What's the conversation like with you and Eric prior to that race when you decided to drop a claim? Well, what I was looking for when I, when I pulled up their race history, et cetera, what I liked about Rich Strike is I'm kind of a keen eyes fan. And what I like about keen eyes, he's more of a classic. He was a classic type runner. Sure set off the pace, closed at the end. It wasn't this hot speed that we've been accustomed to now for several years. He was the the more old-style Seattle slough type. And so um, I would spot some horses I thought I, that were interesting. I'd ship, you know, send Eric a text, and he would respond, and then we would put he would put his eyes on him. He was got a Louisville and actually – check him out physically he says you know he's a good looking horse he's he says you see did you see his works on dirt and i said i absolutely did i said he obviously didn't like turf but i said his works on dirt were pretty impressive and they're going to run him at thirty thousand here in a couple of days what do you think and he says well i think he's certainly worth a try and so we uh, put a drop in for a claim, and I think there were several others that did the same thing. And then there was a I, shake. Wait, wait. I heard twenty-seven. Was that? Is that true? I heard five. I heard five. Someone told me twenty-seven. I <laughs> no, I think it's more five or six. Yeah, okay. I think it's more five or six. All right, sounds and much more we likely. Were, yeah, and we were lucky and got the shake. And of course, he won that day by seventeen and a half lengths. Think about mm-hmm. it. It was a one-mile turn on yeah. the dirt, and he, and he wins by seventeen and a half lengths. So. Uh, Eric calls me and of course, I think, as I recall, it's been a little while, but as I recall, he says, well, in fact, we tried to claim two horses in that race. And he says, well, we didn't get either one. He said, we got out shook on both. Oh, and I said, oh, okay, well, let's keep looking. And then she goes, no, nah, I'm kidding. He says, actually, we got out shook on this one, but we got rich strike. Unbelievable. And I said, great. Oh. I said, the winner of the race, 17 and a half lengths. Yeah. Got him. That's goes, the one yeah. you want. That's what we want, and so that's how that happened. Unbelievable, Rick, Michelle. Um, Rick, I want to know when you claimed him, what were your thoughts about what your plan was with him? Generally, when you claim a horse, you think, okay, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. I imagine at that point you weren't thinking he's going to be my next Kentucky Derby horse. So, what were your plans for him? 
my next one. This, by, by the way, this is my first one. So <laughs> thinking about if my next one, no, that thought didn't enter my mind. We were looking for good horses with uh, that that had a lot of upside. So I mean, he only ran once on the turf, and it was, it was a. I think he ran last, and so but we saw those workouts, and we thought, wow, you know this, and he's got good breeding. Calumet Farms, uh, you know, they raised yeah. him and bred and raised him. And so we're thinking, you know, hey, they thought something of him. You know, they ran him in a maiden special weight on the turf. And my trainer seemed to think that it, they ran him on that turf not because they thought he was a turf horse. They just wanted him to run a mile. And so it was the only mile race they could find. And so they put him in there sure. with that expectation. I tend to believe that I'm not real sure about that because – in that case, why would you drop him to 30? But I'm so glad they did. But yeah, absolutely. Anyway, it kind of worked out a little bit. Yeah, it kind of worked out. Kind of worked, worked, worked out for us. But um, uh, I'm sorry. Um, again, what was the question? No, it's okay. Like, we can move forward because I want to get into the – you run him in an allowance race. A, a month later, he runs third. Then all of a sudden, if you look at his PPs, he goes in the gun runner. He runs fifth. He goes in the Leonidas at Turfway, runs third. Comes back in March in the John in the uh, Battaglia runs fourth and then so you still had the allowance condition available. What was the thought process that we're going to keep trying this horse? And in fact, three his last three races before the Derby were at Turfway, which is synthetic, which is more turfy. Give us a little bit about about heading into the Derby where you guys you know rather than run an allowance race, we go in these stakes. What are we thinking there? Well. Um... We, we knew, obviously, he loved the Churchill track because of his uh, making claiming victory. Sure. And when we took him to uh, the fairground to run, we caught Epicenter down there. And we were coming off a long layoff, very long layoff. And we had, we had pointed toward the Gold Cup at uh, Churchill on the day after Thanksgiving. And we drew the two-hole, and that was just not where we wanted to be, so we scratched out. And then we were going to come to Remington Park in Oklahoma and run in the springboard. Uh, it seemed like it was right around Christmas. And uh, he got sick. Oh. Had a little cough. Nothing serious. Got over it. So the next opportunity to run him as a two-year-old was, uh, I'm sorry, we didn't catch Epicenter the first time. The second time was at the gun runner. We yes. caught Epicenter. Yeah. So, uh, so the only race, it was like December 30th or something like that. So we wanted one, we wanted to get a race in as a two-year-old, and so we went there. And we caught Epicenter, and, and again, we were just so immature. We almost didn't get the saddle on him and the paddock. It was just a mess. And, well, he's now known for his uh, antics, and we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. But, but, but I commented to eric at the derby uh, on saturday i said look at him man i mean he's just a pro sitting in there getting saddled up just and 50 you know one hundred fifty thousand people screaming yelling the band's playing rap music what's going on and he's just he's just like uh what's all the commotion about and i thought do you remember him at the fairgrounds he goes oh i know i didn't think we were ever going to get him saddled we thought we were, they were going to scratch us unbelievable and i said boy he has matured so much and gotten so sharp but the the fact we went to Turfway was a lot of it was to do with the dates. Uh, we were looking, we went to, when we felt like we had a potential derby horse that would go the distance without issue, we went to the first Saturday in May and backed up sure. from there. And we just kept backing up and looking for prep races that fit us. And and when we went to the Gunrunner, and so the, the first track that we considered 
was fairgrounds. And when we caught Epicenter and we knew he wasn't going anywhere, we thought, well, you we don't want to fight Epicenter for the, the entire Right. While we're trying to mature, he seems to be very mature already. And so we thought, let's, where else? And so we started looking, and of course, our farm's right there in Lexington, and we thought, you know, why put him on a trailer all the time, 10 and 12 hours? Let's go somewhere close. So that's why we chose Turfway. My trainer was convinced that he could run on anything, and it proved to be true. And so what we saw in him was he's better every time. Every time, if you look at his speed rating, sure, cetera, we're looking at it right better. now. Yeah, and, yeah, he just got better and better and better. So we're at a mile at the gun runner, I think, mile and sixteenth. Then we went a mile and eighth in the Jeff Ruby, mile and a quarter at the Derby, and it just was right in his wheelhouse. You know, now what's the next one? We don't know, but uh, but we hope it's got, in two weeks. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and that's very. That is the. That is. The Do you want to just announce that? And... Do you want to just announce that on our show that Rich Strike will be at the Preakness? <laughs> because it, I mean, it'd be pretty big for us, you know. We're not well, selfish actually, at all. Yeah, I got you. I think I think the the announcement will be here in a couple of days. We uh, Eric and I are going to put our heads together today. Actually, it was the first day he was he was back on the training track. He went out light gallop this morning. Uh, Eric called me, said it that he was just a pro other horses were around him. He doesn't even look at him anymore. He's just like, Hey, I'm, I'm the guy, you know, you guys get out of my way here. And on and off the training track, there's a little, a little, uh, a little trail they follow and some are coming on and some are going off. And it's just like, he's in his own world. He's just like, you know, I I got business to do. Awesome. I know Michelle has a question. Really grown up. (laughs) Go ahead, Michelle. Rick, I want to. I want to go back. I think that I read that there was a time that you were just completely done and were good, for sure going to quit. Do you ever, or this past couple of days, have you looked back and thought, "I'm so glad I kept going"? <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, I, that's why I keep bringing up Pete Chiro, an old friend. I, Pete put me with Eric, and I was very disenchanted, and I thought, you know, I think I'm done, and so. He says, before you give it up, I, you know, let's try this. And I want you to at least meet him. And I, and I agreed to do so. And of course now where we are, you know, what I love about Eric, Eric is he's got a, uh, he's got a huge heart. He loves these horses. It's, it's a family operation. I remember the first day I went to the farm, you know, and it's, he, he's got, you know, somewhere between 70 and a hundred horses and, uh, that's it. That's all he's got. And they're right there. Hmm. Right there, 15 minutes from, you know, he's, I think he drives 30 minutes every morning to the farm. His daughter, uh, Lindsay, lives on the, where, there at the, where the track is in the stables. And uh, all the folks working for him just loving. You know, every time I went somewhere with Eric, we went to Turfway or we went somewhere for a race, uh, everybody knew him. I'm talking about from the time we walked to the paddock until we walked up, you know, walk back and um, the guys that are open the gates and letting you in here and letting you in there. They're like, Hey Eric, good to see you, Eric. You know, that's great. And I'm just like, wow, they all love this guy. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if you know much about Eric, but he won the, the Ellis training title when he was in his teens. And, Amazing. uh, I, I, yeah, you might check that out. It's interesting. I was that in is. his house and I saw this newspaper and it says, uh, wonder boy wins, you know, training title, <laughs> and I thought, wow, I didn't, he goes, yeah, I, wanted it. I was 19, I think, That's or 18. That's amazing. 
Great story. That's awesome. Cool. <laughs> Let's get into the Derby. Now, as everybody knows the story, he's on the also eligible list. You needed a lot to happen just to run. Tell us about kind of the week leading up to that. And then tell us the the feeling when you knew, hey, we're in. Yeah, I flew out uh, from Oklahoma out to Lexington on Sunday prior to the Derby the week before. And we were when, you know, the Lexington had ran and uh, we we're now, I think, 24th or 25th on the list because there was a few folks that ran into ran into Lexington that jumped us. So Eric and I are talking. We were pretty confident of a couple different horses that, that appeared that, that weren't going to go in, that were ahead of us. Uh, early voting was one that uh, – that the trainer had made fairly public that he wasn't going to run. Uh, sure, sure. There was a couple of three others. Are you, anyway, are you can I stop uh, you for one second, Rick, because uh-huh, I'm curious sure. about something because I'm a complete psychopath when it comes to like who's running against me. And I call different people. Were you, were you inquiring? Were you calling people and saying like, Hey, um, are you running Saturday? No, no, I, no I, you're just I never made one phone call. <laughs> That's probably I, better. I, he probably now better. thinks that you're crazy, Billy. Yeah, of course I am crazy. Well, I think that actually I think maybe a few of those calls go on between trainers. You yeah. know, their little fraternity. Uh I think that might happen a little bit, but uh so I, I never got a call from an owner or vice versa. So no. Uh I think that our plan was to uh, Eric and I talked, and he says, "You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take him to Churchill. We we have to train him every day as if he's gonna be in the race because if somebody scratches late and we get in and we're not prepared, then why go?" And sure. and so I said, "Absolutely." So I think he trailered up on either Sunday or Monday, and uh, of course by by post position draw on Monday, we were number twenty one. Because yep. uh, several, a couple other horses scratched out that morning, and then Ethereal Road moved to twenty, and so we're sitting at twenty-one. So we got all week, and so everybody's telling me, "Oh, you know, there's always a horse that scratches, or maybe sometimes two, blah blah blah." And then now we're Friday morning at eight fifty-five in the morning, and the deadline's nine a.m., and nobody is scratched. And Ooh. so I start. Eric's convinced that. We're not going to make it in, uh, so we. I start. Okay, at that point, are you disappointed? Were you thinking like uh, we have a legitimate shot? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, I knew, I knew going, I knew us going longer at a mile and a quarter. And what? First of all, if you go back and watch the Batagula and the um, Jeff Ruby, where Tiz the Bomb beat us both times. Yep. Uh, stolen Base beat us. He ran second. Please don't talk about Stolen Base. Don't talk about stolen base. Yeah. I had Balnikov well, in the American turf. We, we're going to bring that up later on the podcast, right. my depression. But that's my point. Look how good a horse that was, and he won the turf the other day. I was, I was going to bring that up to go, wow, we beat him. So what happened? So when we run fourth in the uh, Patagula, we run back in the Jeff Ruby. we got to face Tisbaum again on, on that artificial turf. Sure. And, uh, and then uh, we passed stolen base we went by him we beat him on his track and we finished third behind tawny pork sure and uh tawny pork comes course, back to win bomb. right when yeah when you yeah when you look at it we're going the fastest than anybody on the track in the last quarter mile we're catching all of them so when tawny pork goes to lexington and wins 
So we got Tizabom that's won his last two, and then we got Tawny Port that comes from there and goes and wins the Lexington pretty easily, I thought. And I thought, you know, we could have beat beaten both of those horses with a little bit better trip or maybe a little quicker move, et cetera, and we're getting better, we're getting better. Absolutely. When we got to Churchill, we're sitting at 21. I am convinced that if we can get in – I really thought, and I, all my friends, you know, what do you think? What do you think? And I, and I, and I never said we're going to win, but I said, you know, I'm telling you, this horse is going to run third or better. And uh, God, I wish we is. had you on the week before I, the Derby instead of the I, week I, after I the like Derby. Like the way you're laying things out, I feel really stupid now I do for not like. I think everybody does. Wait, we're going to get into that. that I want to know who <laughs> called you to say you're in. Um. Actually, I was texting 25 of my friends saying we weren't in when Eric's phone rang, and we're six feet apart. We're at the back of the stall there at Churchill in the uh, stakes barn, and I look at him, and his eyes are about the size of silver dollars, <laughs> and he just starts yelling, we're in, we're officially in, we're really in. Oh, my God. I just got the and chills. And then it was just complete jubilation. We're jumping up and down and screaming. And people are walking by watching us, and I said, hey, feel welcome. Come in here. Jump up and down the screen, too. We we're just in. got in the derby. That's amazing. <laughs> what a great wow. – oh, so you're in. We're, just, I mean, we're you, just in the derby. That's amazing. Yeah. And you didn't really – it's kind of funny because you really didn't get the, the full enjoyment of the week leading up because you just didn't know. So now you're in. You find out the day before. It's Saturday. Give us a little bit of a run-through about how the day goes on Saturday and, and what you're thinking about and your overall experience and get to, like, the walkover. Yeah, it's um... – you know, it was such a great day. Um, um, thinking through all that, all I've ever done at the Derby is I've been in the stands and I've watched the whole thing happen and I've watched it on TV a million times. I've been in the stands, uh, oh, six or eight times, but I've never been on the other side. You know, I've never been in sure. the dirt walking over or what have you. I, I did not walk over with the horses, uh, with the horse. I, Eric and I talked about it. I said, listen, I said, I want our, you know, I want your farm crew. I want everybody involved with this horse to be on the track, walking over. I'll meet you at the paddock. And that's what we did. Oh, so nice. he walked over with his dad, Herbert, uh, and uh, everybody, the groomers, the, the whatever. Yeah. And I know all those guys, you know, we fist pump all the time. We high five all the time. And, and these are just the guys that I see at the farm when I'm out. And so. Um, so I, on Friday, when we got in, I, of course I called my daughter and, and, and said, you know, uh, you, you've got to get here some way. And, and so, uh, she, she called my, my son. And, and so anyway, they, they organized a jet, a little, you know, a little private plane. That's and, so cool. And That's they so flew cool. out. You know what the best... I'm going to interrupt you, uh, Let me interrupt you for one second. Because you know what's so cool, and I'm kind of talking to you and Michelle, is the fact that, like, I probably would have been like, hey, guys, we got in. We're going to be, like, 87 to 1. Like, you know, I don't know what our chances are. If you guys want to come, come. Eric's like, I mean, uh, Rick's like, get in the jet and get here. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I said, <laughs> just go. You're like, let's go. And we have I a shot. Yeah, I said, you know, I, I don't know where we're going to finish, but uh, I'm telling you, this is a great opportunity, and it may never happen again. There's, uh, you know, there's lots of folks around the horse business 
that uh, have have just wished to get in the Derby once, and here we are, and and you can't miss it. You just can't miss it. And so they all hustled and got out. And then a lot of my friends, I had two friends from Oklahoma that just got in the car and took off. And, you know, they just drove. And they're nice. like, we want to be you there. You have great friends. That's awesome. Oh, they're awesome. It was a great yeah, crew. The, the, when we won the race, well. Well, take, wait, wait, wait stop. Yeah, we'll get there. Let's, let's go to the race because you're, you, you're, you look up at the tote board, you're 87 to 1. No, There were people probably who didn't even know you were in the race. They didn't even know your horse's name probably. And, you know, you break and Sonny, uh, Sonny Leone makes this big left turn to get to the rail. Take us through kind of what you're thinking during the race. Yeah, I think that uh, our conversation in the paddock with uh, Sonny and, and, and Eric and our, our game plan, so to speak, when, uh, when we break and he comes out, I was hopeful that he could get a little further up the track, maybe in uh, mid-pack maybe 15th or something like that, maybe 14th versus, you know, next to last. But I also understood that it was more important for us to get over to the rail before the first turn and save some ground versus four or five spots up on the group. And so he come by, everybody's looking, we're back toward the back, you know, and I said, don't worry about it. This is us. And when I looked up and I saw 21-something first quarter and 45-something, I turned around to the two buddies that actually drove out here from Oklahoma. I turned around and looked at them. I go, they're playing right to us. Yeah. And they looked at me like I was stupid. They're like, really? (laughs) You're you're going to catch this? And I go, they are playing right into our wheelhouse. This is what we needed. And obviously – it worked out perfectly. That's so funny. I yelled. I was standing with a bunch of people in this little box, and I and I just yelled out when I saw the same thing, and I saw they went forty five or whatever they went, and I just said they're going too fast. Um, yeah. But I, of course, I didn't know where Rich Love was. I have to admit, I'm being uh, you know full transparency here. So they're 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 turning for home. You're still way back there. I mean, you're still not close. What are you oh, yeah. What are you thinking when they turn for home? Well, uh, where my seats were, we're about 100 yards up track from the finish line, so I'm right in front of the big, the big screen TV thing, and I'm watching it, and I and I'm spotting those colors, you know, and I'm trying to, and I was like, wow, he may, he's starting to move up he's at running. the top of the turn. He starts moving at the top of the turn, and then when we came out in that long stretch at Churchill, I love it, it's perfect for us, and uh, he he came up on some horses, had a wall of horses. They split a little bit. Boom! He went right through them, and I thought, "Oh my gosh, he's got horse." Yeah, he's got some horse. <laughs> and then we came up on Messier, and Messier was slowing. And I saw Sonny just—I mean, you know, a fraction of a second. He's trying to figure out: Do I go left to the rail, or do I go outside? And when he went outside, that—I mean, we literally just jumped around him. Yes. It was, Rich Strike was like a sports car, and uh, and then he immediately put him back to the inside. As as you guys have watched Derby races for years, as I have, you know the horses tend to fan toward the middle of the track, and they just you know start to get tired. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know the jockeys the jockeys start playing for position to try to keep somebody from passing them on the outside. Well, that just when he sent Rich Strike back to the inside, that's. That's our honey hole. We love it. He'll run full speed right on the rail. I like the honey hole. He works, he works out on the rail all the time. Right. He does it all the time. doesn't bother him. He runs it all the time. So he's so fearless. He just jumps back down there. And so when they came by me, he was third. 
Yeah. And I thought, wow, we're going to hit the board in the Kentucky Derby. But I noticed by the time he got, you know, a little past me where I couldn't see for the people, he was catching Zandon. And I, so I looked up back up to the big screen and I thought, we're going to be, we're going to get second. We're going to get second. I said, we're going to win. We're going to win. <laughs> Are you screaming? I mean, I would have been, it would have been out of body. Were you yelling and screaming or just saying, oh, oh no, my God, yeah. we're going to run third? What, what was I the. I think I was, yeah, I was, I was hovering about three feet above the ground at that point, I believe. My vertical yeah. leap was pretty good. Yes. But the whole, the whole box was, there's 20 something in, in this suite and we're just screaming and yelling. And, uh, it was the most unbelievable day. And when I, you know, when I, before the finish line, when I saw Rich Strike have his head cocked over looking at Epicenter, I thought, we got this. We're going to win the Derby. That's and, uh, and he did. That's amazing. He, Rick, Rick, how many times have you, how many times have you watched back the race? Wait, wait, let it, let me guess. Can I guess first? Sure. 500. 300. I said five. Oh, 15. Okay. Yeah, Rick. 15? Well, I watched I've been, I, race 15 I'm kind of been busy. You guys are just sitting around watching TV. <laughs> he's, doing all the, he's doing interviews and podcasts. <laughs> Rick Dawson, owner of Ridge Strike, joining us here on the Owner's Box. Uh, what was uh, – let's take away winning the race. Okay, winning the race is not included. What was the the best experience of the entire day? Oh, I, I, I think the experience of the event itself, it's, it's, it's so much more than any individual or any group of people or an ownership group or certain trainers or whatever. It is the Kentucky Derby, and it doesn't matter who the players are that particular Saturday. It is a great, a great event. It was unbelievable. And again, I've been there a number of times, but not in this position but it's, uh, I think it's just that, and 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 I, it was almost out of body. You said it a minute ago. I think I made a comment. I feel like well, I asked somebody, "What planet are we on?" Yeah. And because, yeah, I I had a lot of confidence in our horse, but it I certainly wasn't sure we'd win. In fact, all the people around me are going, "What is, what should I bet? How should I bet?" And I said, I don't know how much you want to spend, but just put it to show. I'm almost certain he'll hit the board. That's all wow. I told him, and. Uh, and everybody was happy because they uh, they all got richer, I guess. It made a lot of money. I, I got to tell you a quick story. About, yeah, go. I bet, I, I bet horses back in Oklahoma City at an off-track facility. And it's a, kind of a biker bar slash off-track betting facility called Thunder Roadhouse. And so I, uh, I get a call from the track announcer at Remington Park after he heard a guy from Oklahoma won the Derby and, and or the guy that won the Derby is from Edmond, Oklahoma, just up the road. And so he calls me and we're talking and he says, you're not going to believe this story. He says that when I found out you were an Oklahoma City guy, I called David Vance, the, our GM here at Remington Park and said, hey, did you know that the guy that won the Kentucky Derby is from Edmond? And David says, oh, that's the reason. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, we've taken money out to Thunder Roadhouse three times a day. We finally just took the checkbook out because we had to write checks. We ran out of money. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. I'm sure they so love every, that story. Everybody I knew back at the betting parlor, they were texting me, I won 10000 I won 15000 I mean, it was oh, amazing. Wait, all, these people all the people bet Rich Strike. Yes. Yeah, they all bet my horse. One wow. way or another. That is fantastic. Back to the trifectas. 
or right, whatever so they did. We we've learned a lot, and I think you know one of the most important parts about this whole story. It was you know the underdog, right? It was a thirty thousand dollar claim. It was a horse that was 87 to one, the longest shot on the board. It was really, truly, and if you look at social media, and I don't know if you look or not, I mean, it, it, it probably, in my estimation, one of the, one of, if not the biggest upsets in racing history, you, you've made history here. How does that sit with you? Oh, I think it's fantastic. Um, it's fantastic for the horse. It's fantastic for Eric and what he might want to do going forward. Uh, for me, and on a very personal note, what this allows me to do, in fact, I've just, I kind of semi-retired from my oil and gas business, but I've taken up a lot of different charity uh, work, uh, some programs. I met uh, Colton James. He's a country music singer, songwriter from Virginia, and I met him at a charity auction one night. He was, uh, he was auctioning off some signed guitars and et cetera. And he was raising money for a program called Land for Heroes. And what it is, he's building a, a lodge in Virginia. It's for hunting and fishing, and it's for our vets and our first responders, most of which are amputees. And we're and he wants us. He's setting it up so that these guys can come and fish and hunt and do whatever they want to do, and and and, and just get together outside the hospital that they typically live in or some home or whatever. And so. Um, I was touched by that, and even that night, this was months ago before Rich Strike, I asked Colton, I said, what, what, what do you really need, you know, besides me buying a guitar for 500 bucks or whatever sure. it was? He said, we need somebody to buy the land so we can really get moving, get the zoning going, get the survey going, and what have you. And so I called a cousin of mine down in Houston, a former old guy as well, and I told him about what he was doing, and he jumped in, so we bought the land for him, and... uh and so that's amazing to answer your question. These are some things that I want to do. And now rich strike has maybe provided, uh, uh, so many more open doors for us to do some things that, you know, it's kind of a give back thing. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a hundred time millionaire. I'm, I, I, you know, I did well. I made a living. I supported my family and, and I was able to go buy a few horses and have fun with the horse business. But now we have an opportunity to make Rich Strike something like you just said. He's history. He's going to be remembered. I, I literally was getting off the plane in Atlanta, and a 20-year-old young lady says, Are you Mr. Dawson that owns Rich Strike? Oh. <laughs> and I said, Well, yes, but you can call me Rick. And she said, Okay. And she says, Can I have a selfie? Oh, that's and I nice. said, Sure. So I took a picture with, I didn't have my wrist strike hat on. Or You're nothing. a celebrity. I, I, was, I was trying to lay low. I didn't want to interview <laughs> walking through the Atlanta airport. I was trying to get home. But I just thought, wow. And so I asked her, I said, do you love horses? And she says, I absolutely do. She, I think she does uh, show horses or something. And I said, that's fantastic. And and so that's really, today, I, met, I think I made mention of that. I said, I want another interview. I said, you know, I think. I, I, I want America to, to love horse racing again because it is a beautiful, beautiful sport. It, these horses are bred for this very purpose. And when you watch Ritz Strike from the overhead view at the end of that, if you're not touched by that and, and absolutely um, intrigued by the the his, the complete athlete that he is and then the jockey himself what an athlete Incredible and the combination right. of those two 
doing all that they did, it, it is certainly amazing. And, uh, I'll never forget it. Obviously. I think Michelle, I've never done this before, but I think he, he, Rick just said everything we needed to say. I think it's an amazing that you're able to give back. I think what you've done is you've opened a lot of doors in thoroughbred horse racing as well. Um, with this story, um, there's so many times where, I can say that trainers have said, even to me, like, yeah, we're not, we shouldn't run in that spot. We're going to be 15 to one, you know, we're going to be 20 to one. We don't really have a chance. Well, you know what? Everybody has a chance and that's why they run the race. And you proved that to the world. So, um, thank you very, very much for spending so much time with us today. Congratulations, Michelle, any final words for Rick? We're looking forward to watching you run, whether it be Preakness or somewhere else. We're uh, oh no, we're it's going to be. Pre- he announced it on the show. We're putting that on he social said he's media. Talk to Eric. <laughs> oh, I thought he said he was for sure. That's right. Yeah, sometimes I don't guys, hear. You guys perfectly. have a rep. You guys have a referee handy. You might need one. <laughs> Rick, yeah, congratulations! Thank you. All right, I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, having me on the show, and uh, go Rich Strike. Go Rich Strike. Hopefully, we'll see go you in the Preakness, strike. and we'll be back right after this. May 7th, the first Saturday in May, isn't just Derby Day, or wasn't just Derby Day. It was also Monmouth's opening day. And Monmouth Park, New Jersey's Seaside Jewel of a Racetrack, is a great place to watch not only America's famous race, while also enjoying a great card of racing as well, and it's going to continue. And here's the killer part. For the first time in over a century, fixed odds betting powered by betmakers will be available on track at Monmouth. Soon, it'll be available throughout the state. This is an exciting new way to bet that really puts the power to get value into your hands. The odds you bet are the odds you get. You'll be hearing a lot more about fixed odds betting opportunities across the In The Money Media Network. And we're back. Michelle, what a great guest. Uh, Rick Dawson, owner of Rich Strike, Kentucky Derby winning owner. I mean, Michelle, that was, can I say the F word again like I normally do? Like I try not (laughs) to do? That was fucking nuts. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, not the interview, the race itself. I mean, can we just I, listen? The I feel like everybody's t- so cool. It's so cool. It's an incredible ride. It's an incredible race. And if you listen to our interview at the front of the show, you you might even li- have liked Rick Rich Strite at at eighty seven to one. I'm gonna be right? I'm gonna be very transparent. I'm gonna be very honest. And I'm gonna embarrass myself right now. Okay, you ready? Yeah. I picked him up about you know. 500 yards before the finish line from where I was Mm -hmm. standing and I just yelled out it's the 21 (laughs) I didn't I I didn't even know the name of the horse who he was nothing I'm embarrassed and it's funny because you look at a lot of the social media stuff after the race and you know people had three and a half hour podcasts and never even mentioned rich rich strike you know it's like it's one of those things down like the aes that like you you just you just didn't expect him to be in the race and you just kind of forgot about him i mean i'm just being honest i'm not there's what else can you say um i thought just going through the field and we don't have to spend a lot of time because i'm sure everybody's had their you know fair share of analysis over the past couple days and this is going to go up wednesday morning by then everybody's watched the overhead shot 16 million times epicenter ran huge zandon ran huge there are a couple other horses. That I just want to say, I think Zandon races. hung. He did. I think he did too. But, you know, upstart with our good friend, Brett Jones, Airdrie. Um, d- does he really want a mile and a quarter? Maybe, maybe not. And uh, maybe right. that's what happened there. Because he, at the top of the line, it was really funny. I was standing, but I told you I was standing behind, uh, my wife was there. And I was standing behind her and a couple other friends. And I'm 
they don't really know that much. They don't know how to really truly watch a race. And I'm like, and when they turn for home, I'm like, Zandon is winning the Kentucky Derby. And then halfway down the lane, I'm like, Epicenter is holding off Zandon. <laughs> and then, of course, you hear, it's 21. I felt like almost like Larry Colmas. I almost called the race like Larry Colmas called it because you can't, you couldn't. If you're if you're in the box area, you couldn't see the the twenty one down there on the rail. It was very difficult unless you're really zoned in on him. Um, how how what were you thinking? Well, I was watching Epicenter and they turned for home, and all I could think of was I am so happy right now for Steve and Scott. Oh um, no! And I talked to Steve obviously this for me because show. every wager I had like revolved around Epicenter. Um, and then I see that horse coming up the inside. I'm like, who? Is that? Yeah. And these two chicks next to me were like, it's the two. It's the two. I'm like, it is not the two. It's chicks. not the two. It's it... not the two. I don't know who it is, but certainly not the two. Um, That's and then so when funny. He pulled I like away, your voice that you like, used of the annoying people who say it was the two because I had a couple of those around me. It was the two, right? I'm like, no, right? 21. Like, those are, yeah, black silks, guys. Come yeah. on now. Oh, my God. Uh, so what a day. It was very... Very exciting. What a day. And, and what, I mean, incredible racing for the two days. We saw so many superstars um, in action. I mean, your favorite, Jackie's Warrior, looked incredible. Wasn't that a great race for Unbelievable. him? Um, we saw Jack Christopher return to Jack the races very successfully. Oh, he looked. I really needed uh, your horse to win. Oh, poor Balnikov. We mentioned it in our interview. Um, yeah, he, uh, Manny might have gone a little early, might have gone a little wide, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to listen. I'm a big Manny Franco fan. So, uh, you know, but I there, really needed him to win. I did. Michelle, we did too. Um, they, <sighs> Brittany, so I'm down there in the right outside the winter circle, you know, because you come from the paddock and you just kind of find right. a spot. And at the top of the lane, I thought we were like one to nine <laughs> and to roll right past stolen base. And, and I'm screaming and I'm hitting the program. I'm doing my thing. And Brittany sees us, uh, Brittany Erton, and she has the cameraman just turn around because I'm, you know, from another planet right there. Right. And, uh, and all of a sudden I see him, like I see stolen base kind of rebreak. And I just yelled out like five straight no. F bombs. <laughs> and I, and the camera guy looks at me after and I'm like, you're probably not going to use that. Are you? And he goes, no, probably not. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so it was an, I thought Churchill Downs did a very nice job. Um, it was, it was, while it was very crowded, it was still, everything was accessible. Of course, with the higher ticket prices, everything is free, your beer, your booze, uh, your food. Um, and I just thought overall in the two days, we didn't even talk about Secret Oath, Michelle, who we I think we oh, both yeah. picked. Yes, we both like Secret Oath. Yes. So Secret Oath, the, the, the I mean, the king of the the king of the uh, weekend was D. Wayne Lucas, uh, the coach, because not only did he win the Oaks, but he scratches Ethereal Road. Right. And that gets Rich Strike into the field. So uh, yeah. credit D. Wayne Lucas for both victories. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> was there any uh, other was there anything else that's like stood out to you on, on the weekend? I know you were working um Friday really hard. Um Saturday you it appeared you were able to uh enjoy the races, but what what kind of stood out to you? Uh Elm Drive. Well, that was Sunday. But she, she was awesome. Um really I was just kinda like waiting, 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 waiting to get to Derby. The Derby. There was a couple yeah. of horses that I had liked earlier on and I think we kind of hit on those already. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, but a great day of racing. Great day of racing. It was a great day of racing. Unbelievable. And 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 we're excited that Rick Dawson just um, excuse me just announced that uh, Rich Strike will be running in the Preakness. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. Are you going to Preakness? Uh, not that I know of. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going. 
Never say never, but not that I know of. Never say your friend Travis is going with me. Oh, is he? Yeah, maybe you want to come oh, with that's us. Fine. I would love to. Let's go. Um, uh, okay. Right. Also, what else we got? Santa Santa Anita this weekend. Right? What's going on there? So we've got the uh, let's see, free drink or free Fridays and drink specials. We've got the Family Fun Zone both Saturday and Sunday. The Grade Three Santa Barbara on Saturday. No steak on Sunday, um, but also we do have the free Trip Note Pros. If you are interested in those, you just go to SantaAnita.com. Great notes. Great notes. For free analysis and selections. Yep. Um, as well, yeah, the the Trip Notes are great. In case you don't know what they are, basically some people watch races like pat like old races. Mean some people tell you what happened. Well, it's not just Ryan, right? Yeah. It's like other people yeah and so, then they give you like a full breakdown of the real trouble the horse had what kind of trip what kind of was it coming into a fast pace or a slow pace or they're really really good notes if you haven't checked them out they're free at sananita.com basically they do all the hard work for you right. in watching replays or maybe you don't know how to watch replays and they watch them for you anyways yeah. um so 10 of 10 recommend getting the trip note pros downloaded also we do have show viver going on it started may 1st and we're going to do most win earning so that accumulates you can keep playing and is obviously free to play all the time and we also will have the golden hour bets with the golden hour pick four the dollar minimum low takeout and the five dollar minimum golden hour double both of those are the last couple of races at santa anita and the last couple of races at golden gate all right, we're going to cut this short because I know you don't feel well. But you mentioned Elm Drive, and I would be remiss if I didn't say how awesome she was on Sunday. Yeah, she looked really good. Winning the Angels flight. Great job by Phil D'Amato bringing her off a layoff. And uh, kind of exciting. You know you nice... were so happy when Ida scratched. Of course I was. <laughs> but um, can I tell you something really quick, and I know you have to go. Have, have you been in those situations, though, where obviously there's a heavy favorite, they come out, and then you're like, oh, we have a really good shot to win this race, and then you lose. And then you're like, ah, that means we would have lost to two people. You know what I mean? Like right. it, it, it's happened to me a million times. So I tried to be the man, the master of managing expectations, but she had been training so well. And truth be told, I heard a story. Uh, Ricky Gonzalez, who rode Elm Drive, told me that uh, JJ Hernandez came up to him after and said, "I'm not sure I would have beaten you today." So really? that was a little little vote of confidence for uh, Elm Drive, uh, who will stay sprinting in the three-year-old Philly division this year. Very cool. Okay. Um, right. Great job, Michelle, getting um, uh, Rick uh, Dawson to come on, the owner of Rich Strike. If you, if you just, for some reason, missed that interview, rewind it and go back because he was very, he was really, you know, uh, inspiring. And I think, again, I'm just going to reiterate, he has done so much for our game because he's shown that uh, anyone can win. And especially, it mm -hmm. doesn't matter. You don't look at the tote board. Don't look at the morning line. Just run your horse, and anything can happen. Anything is possible, and that's why this game is so great. So special thanks and congratulations to Rick Dawson and his team. We hope to see Rich Strike in the Preakness next week, uh, two weeks from now. And uh, special thanks to all of our sponsors, uh, Santa Anita and Del Mar and Gainsway and TaylorMade and anybody else wants to jump on the Owner's Box bandwagon, please do. We are part of the In the Money Media Network. I can be reached for horse ownership questions at Billy at littleredfeather.com. You can follow the show at Own a Horse. I am at BKLRF on Twitter, and Michelle is at the Michelle U. She is proving once again to be the best in the business. You saw her on Derby Weekend. She was unbelievable. Now she's working with NBC. Pretty soon she is basically going to take over all of horse racing. So, <laughs> Hardly. Um, 
We really appreciate appreciate all of you listeners to the show. I can't tell, Michelle, I forgot to tell you how many people I was walking around Churchill for three straight days and they're like, hey man, love that show. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. So people are listening. We really, really appreciate it. We enjoy the feedback. Thank you very much. And congratulations once again to Rich Strike, his team, Eric Reed, and uh, Rick Dawson. Um, And I think I'm done, Michelle. I'm done talking. Oof. All right, feel better. We'll We'll do it again next week. All right, sounds good. Later.